podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. This is a weekly show where we watch and discuss romantic comedies from Netflix streaming genre list. Um, we started watching in chronological order all the way back in 1918 when Netflix was cool and didn't start deleting our things. Yeah, Netflix. So we've started this podcast project. Ooh, mm. Look at me going there, some alliteration. <laughs> to gain insight and context on this redheaded stepchild genre of the film industry. And I think we've we've done so we've done good so far. Mm-hmm. And it's been lots of fun. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah. Well, today we have a special guest because we are watching 1978's Grease. Grease. Grease is the word. Ew, yes! <laughs> I'm so glad you said it before me cuz I was going to say it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Sam. Ashley's crazy, not so crazy. I don't no, know. No, you're like the the zen to my nutso. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I'm the the force and you're the dark side. Yes. Sam, tell us about yourself. What do you do? Uh, I am a graphic designer and I make posters. You've had, I've heard from you, you've taken some film classes. Yes. Very few, but some. <laughs> How do you feel about the romantic comedy genre? They're enjoyable, but kind of lame at times. <laughs> I don't know. They're not really a good, like, artistic kind of thing. Like, I like watching movies that are kind of symbolic and have a lot of artsy stuff symbolism. in them. Symbolism. Whereas, symbolism. yeah, whereas these don't really have very much. Gen- Sometimes they do, but most of the time it's like... Fluff. Fluff. Yeah. Fluff is a good word. I mean, you've watched some of the ones... You've, you've been in the living room while we've been participating in this podcast. You, you have experienced some of the movies that we've yes. watched yeah. in the past. Yeah. <laughs> Anything that strikes your, your memory? Anything remarkable? You really enjoyed Breakfast at Tiffany's. I was really excited about the this. Breakfast at Tiffany's had a lot of symbolism. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's because... So... It yeah. was deep. Yeah, he was very excited. He was posting Facebook updates about <laughs> this movie, and I was overjoyed. Ooh. Now, Sam, is it true you've never seen Grease? <laughs> yes. I have never seen Grease. Do you know how hard... <laughs> It is to find a human who has never seen Grease. You should find people with deaf parents who don't watch movies. <laughs> Do you know what it's about? The time period and music and... What time period? What is it, like the 50s? There you go. Mm-hmm. Good boy. Um, music and dancing and high school. Yeah, that's, that's good. Pretty accurate. Um, I have seen a play put on by a church that was a bit of it. I don't remember any of it, but... I'm going to tell you about the movie right now. John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John star in this hit musical comedy about a greaser and the good girl he falls for, much to his friend's chagrin. They use the word chagrin. Yes. Can we define that? (laughs) A more extreme version of disdain? Yes. This film stars John Travolta, Olivia Newton-John, and Stalker Channing, is directed by Randall Kleiser... Who, like, I could not name yeah. the director of Grease. <laughs> it's like, I've seen Grease, like, thousands of times in its various forms, but I could not tell you the director of the movie. No. It's, like, inconsequential. No, it's, I, like, what else has he done? I have no idea. I like, do not Grease was, person. like, the pinnacle of his career, and <laughs> it's just all, it went all down the hill from there. It's rated PG, it's an hour and 50 minutes, and it's rated four stars on Netflix. In the 1979 Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Music Song for Hopelessly Devoted to You. Of course. 
I don't know. To me, that's like the worst song in it. <laughs> yes, but if it was going to be like now, if any song from Greece was going to be nominated, it would be that song. Yeah, it lost to uh, Donna Summer, so. That makes sense. In the 1979 Golden Globes, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor, and Best Actress. Because, of course, they have the split. Yeah, because it was a musical. Musical, so. They were like, hey, let's put this in the comedy musical category. Nominate it all up for everything. (laughs) Give it everything. Give it all the awards. Well, it didn't win. No, I know. All right, that's all the facts that I have on Grease. On Grease. How many times have you seen it, Ashley? I don't know. I think I've watched it every time it's been on TV. This was something I, like used to watch with my mom all the time yeah this and wizard of oz like i have vivid memories of childhood yeah i mean like yeah i've seen it in school i've seen it in a high school play i have it on dvd i've seen it on tv i'm not taking notes (laughs) (laughs) neither am i i haven't seen it at all so i guess i will take notes it all falls on you it's a it's a cultural phenomenon and i'm ready are you ready let's just get this over with (laughs) Grease is the word. <laughs> Grease is the word. Is the word. Is the word. Okay. <laughs> Sam, how was your first uh, Grease viewing experience? It was mediocre. It was alright. Sigh. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's because he takes things a little too serious. I think I, I explained this to you that he's gonna take this very seriously. But it's a magical musical experience. I mean, just even looking at a, the top layer of everything, it's very entertaining, but mm-hmm. that's about it. Well, that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's, it is pretty and uh, Yeah, that's what I would call it. Entertaining. I mean, it's ridiculous, but it's entertaining. Yeah. yeah. Let's start at the top. The beach the scene. Beach. Love is a many splendored thing. Where they're running along the beach and there's water everywhere and... Yep, we meet Danny and Sandy. Because their names have to rhyme. It is a musical. It's love on the beach. It is love on the beach. It's romantic. Their summer fling. Yes. And then we get hurled into the 70s with our Bee Gees music. Yeah. (laughs) And the lovely uh, animated intro. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that intro was a little trippy. It's the 70s. I think it's so funny because we've been watching the movies, the two movies from the 60s that we watched had animated or had just, psychedelic yeah. intros. I feel like it much more matches the movies of the 60s than the movies of the 50s, the yeah. animated intro. I, I don't know, like, what the choice for the intro was. Like, that's an interesting thing that I would like to find out. Well. But I couldn't find anything. The director hated whatever the original song was in the play. Okay. And was like, we're going to write a new song. The guy with the Bee Gees. Barry Gibb from the Bee Gees. So it's, it's, the whole thing is like a famous mishmash of 50s and 70s. I think it works. Everybody has like... A little caricature. Yeah. And also their hair is just lines. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like I hated this intro when I was younger. So I already told you I hate like that animation style. Yeah, you did tell me that. It is a very 70s cartoon. Yeah. Like, it really fit into the 70s. Yeah, now I'm now I'm just like, it's classic, but when I was younger, I really hated it. <laughs> I was just jamming out to the song as a child, but it definitely, this time, watching it, it was very long. Like, it mm-hmm. felt way too long. Yeah. So I feel like normally you're just watching it on, like, TV and you're doing yeah. something else. Yeah. 
Um, and then we go to Venice High School. Yeah. I mean, mm. Rydell High School. But really, it's Venice High School. It's right down the street yeah. from where I live. <laughs> <laughs> We've driven past it several times. Yeah. It's the same exact building. Like, you can tell. Like, actually, just driving by it on the bus, I was like, oh, my God, they must have shot in the street. Because that school is really close to, mm-hmm. the, to Venice Boulevard. It's, like, right there. Like... Where you can see, like, the edge of it, they must have been, like, across the other <laughs> side of Venice Boulevard to shoot a wide shot of that building. Yeah. And still not get the street. Yeah. Because it was shot in the middle of Venice, which is a very busy street. hmm And it's 1978, so the cars are going to be drastically different from the 1950s. We don't have to get into, the, like, the gory details, but yes. Danny and Sandy have unknowingly to each other attended the same school. Yeah, so it is believed that Sandy is going to go back to Australia and they're never going to see each other again. And Mm -hmm. Danny kind of was Danny during Mm -hmm. the summer instead of his high school alter ego, Zuko. (laughs) Which I find hilarious because that is a character from Avatar The Last Airbender who has lots of angst. Sounds right. (laughs) It is a very angsty name. It is. So do you have any notes that you want to, to bring well, up? Well, I was, you guys had made a comment during the movie about him strutting a lot. Like, mm. did he strut in the, the beginning? I don't think he was yes. really. Like, on the beach. Not on the beach. No, not no. on yeah. the beach. They they didn't walk around at all besides, like, playing, chasing yeah. each other. <laughs> I, I don't know. Gonna... <laughs> I, was, I was thinking kind of the whole putting on a show kind of thing. He's the peacock. Yeah. Yeah. He's the leader of the gang. You know, and... It's the the broad spectrum of the stereotypical bad boy in high school. Like, they always are like that. They always are peacocking and telling, you know, about their sexual endeavors to a point where you're like, no, dude, you're, like, totally lying. Just please mm-hmm. go away. Yeah. I mean, Every high school has that. What's great about this movie, it's a lovely ensemble. Yes. So we meet all the other characters that we're going to learn about right now, too, through the, the, the T-Bird gang and the Pink Ladies. Yes. Who all have names, but they don't really, like, express most of those names yeah, during the movie. Yeah, Sunny. And Janet. Frenchie. And Frenchie. Frenchie. Well, Frenchie is, Frenchie, like... Frenchie, Jan, Rizzo are the Pink Ladies. <laughs> yeah, but there's one more. Marty. Marty, yes, of course. Are the pink ladies. And then the T-Birds are Sonny and the others. <laughs> Kanicki. Oh, Kanicki, of course. Ponzi? Potsy? Potsy. It's a very 50s <laughs> name. And then, of course, Danny. Danny is a T-Bird. Yeah. Technically. Frenchie is showing Sandy around. Yes. Like the whole new school orientation. Here's your buddy. <laughs> One for you, and the one for you. You're a little Australian girl, because she just abandons her. She, like, is like, okay, we're going to oh, show yeah. her out, and then she just abandons her. And then her. When, he sh- when she shows up in the class, she just, like, looks at her. Yeah. <laughs> Strange person. It's like, you should know where you're going, obviously, new girl. Right, okay, first day of school. To me, there's, like, nothing really worthwhile. We're just learning the characters right now yeah there's like these transitions of this movie are very very quick then it's lunch yes all of a sudden (laughs) it's like the beginning of school then the bell rings and all of a sudden it's lunch right and rizzo and marty are singing their little like yeah and then they sit down at the table (laughs) we've seen this movie a lot i know (laughs) 
Frenchie introduces Sandy to the whole rest of the pink ladies, and she's kind of like, well, what do you guys think of Sandy? And Rizzo says she's too pure to be pink. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, the guys are hanging out in the bleachers, and they're like, hey, Danny, what'd you do this summer? And he's like, oh, I totally got some. (laughs) On the beach. On the beach. I'll hang on the beach with a girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what guys do, right? No. They don't talk. I wasn't one of the bad guys. Okay, little emo boy. You were you were like '90s Danny Zuko, (laughs) in your dragon t-shirts and and stuff. Aww. Yeah, I didn't like have my conquests that I bragged about like these people did. Thing is, did you know people who did? Uh, yeah, I guess. And do you think that they were telling the truth or exaggerating? (laughs) If you knew my high school, that would not be a question. They were telling the truth. My school had a high pregnancy rate. They were scoring left and right. So anyway, we're we're at lunch and we go into my favorite song mm-hmm. of the entire movie, which happens to be like the first song. And it's the Summer Nights song, which mm-hmm. almost everybody in the hearing English population know this song. I think everybody in the yeah. universe knows this song. I think I actually... It's been parodied on Family Guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I knew most of the songs beforehand because of pop culture in general. Yeah, for sure. What's fun about this song is that the two leads are telling a completely different story. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Comment on uh, female perspective and male perspective and Mm -hmm. what they have to tell to their perspective groups to make themselves look better in the male side. Yeah, because pretty much probably Sandy was telling the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think really the the point of the beach scene was to show that that was his real self, whereas the school was his fake self. So he had to talk it up, and then she's like being completely honest, and no one believes her afterwards because mm-hmm. of all that. But yeah. So after they sing the song, Rizzo says, "Well, this, does this guy have a name?" And it's, yeah, Danny Zuko. And so they, the pink ladies, don't tell her. Zip it right in the bud. Yeah. They zip it. They got a plan. Mm-hmm. Well, they... Rizzo has a plan. Rizzo always has a plan. Yeah. Because she thinks that he's a horrible person. <laughs> Rizzo's out for number one. <laughs> always Rizzo. number one. Rizzo's her own boss. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> the connection between Rizzo and pal Joey just got so hilarious in my mind. Is it because everything she wears is monogrammed? Yes! <laughs> I actually remember watching that movie. Yay! <laughs> uh. Uh, I'm so happy that we were able to make that connection. This is one of the beautiful moments of this podcast. It is. I said I retire. <laughs> Nothing is ever going to be as funny as that. You guys have peaked. I'll take over. Not really continue (laughs) so then it's the night of the pep rally bonfire yeah right which we've smashed like months in or not months i guess like we've we've gone forward in time significantly i don't think so because in the opening uh morning announcements she was talking about the pep rally oh I i don't know i always thought it was because sandy is already on the cheerleading squad that's yeah, the it's thing forward yeah. But they. I think implied... it maybe it's like the end of the week. Okay, that makes least. more sense because yeah. uh, Patty Simcox has said at lunch you should come to cheerleading tryouts. They could have been that day. They could have been the next day. But then the end of the week they have a pep rally or something. Okay, 
Yeah, that makes more sense because who has pep rallies on Mondays? It's just, how did Sandy not see Danny <laughs> this <laughs> entire time? Yeah. It would ruin the plot point. I don't even know how she didn't see him in that first scene where she yeah. walks behind him. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, well he does I kind mean, of blend he... in with yeah. all the other. He's wearing his motorcycle jacket. Yeah. And his hair is all tousled. Mm-hmm. And what was what's the hairstyle called? The DA. The duck's ass. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I learned in seventh grade music class, so. <laughs> hey, seventh grade, it's a memorable moment in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. So at this pep rally, Sandy's got eyes on this jock who, I don't remember his name. I think she calls him Tom. I'm going with Tom. Okay. I'm going with Tom. I, I think he's, <laughs> such, he's such like a blank Yeah, that's why Tom fits Tom, Dick, and Harry. Yeah, it's so... so hard to remember like he's such a muscles he he's just a Aryan guy yeah well he's just a plot point that's all Mm -hmm. he is he is not he is there to give their tension between danny and sandy yeah well i also like how the whole rest of the movie you can just like see him in the background staring (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh oh speaking of one of our theories maybe he was a serial killer and he (sighs) killed her he killed sandy okay Oh, I don't know this theory, but it's on IMDb that Sandy was drowned at the beach or some point. And she then dies. She dies some point in the movie, and then all the rest is, like... Her hallucinating, yeah, basically. something. As she's dying. As her brain is shutting down, she is hallucinating Maybe she's in a coma. <laughs> yeah. So It's very what? literary. I mean, she could... Like, throughout the entire movie, she could be telling us who her killer is. which is why he's so blah yeah did you see him dance yeah (laughs) there was there was nothing there your dancing was better than his that's saying a lot it is good at this pep rally it's to me it's weird that the everybody's there even the the troublemakers but it's the 50s and there's nothing else happening Yeah. yeah what else are you gonna do on a friday night yeah just go hang out at the school function and drink. Well, see, if it was... I've done that before. Wow. <laughs> what? Are you sure you weren't a bad kid? I was a closet bad kid. <gasps> for for when we had stuff, like, no one ever went to the football games or whatever. Everybody just hang out, hung out in the grocery store parking lot, which I still, to this day, do not understand. I went to a woman and had soda with alcohol and walked around and made fun of people you were a horrible child it's you were Wood like River, the t-birds what else is there you, i guess i am the emo version of you are emo danny zuko emo danny zuko this is very enlightening <laughs> uh anyways i do want to say something about the uh rally thing i thought it was really kind of hilarious that the whole ring the bell mm-hmm. was a thing because that's basically the entire movie is them trying to ring the bell and win. Oh. And window. <laughs> but it, it never comes back. It's the plot point that's there. Yeah. It's a foreshadowing plot point. Ring the bell. Mm. But but who's ringing the bell? No one has sex. What's her name did? Rizzo She's, and Kamiki had sex. Yeah. They also won. It's not. It's innuendo and then also winning. So the dance off was won and then the race was won. So it's a mm. recurring theme. Ringing the bell. Mm. He's making our podcast all philosophical and winning. Mm. Yep. Now we need some tiger's blood. 
So at the rally, it's now Rizzo's plan to shove cheerleader Sandy into the the den of the T-Birds. Yeah. <laughs> to be eaten alive. She's yes. throwing her, them some fresh meat. And yeah. That, that's kind of the point where I realized that the the it was more really a show because you kind of see Danny be Danny and not... At first, yes. But then he, he realizes there's other people around and he's like, oh crap, I have to be manly. And mm-hmm. then whips his dick out and says, hey, I'm cool. Whips his dick out? This whole show, this whole movie is a pissing contest between all the boys. Isn't that just high school You can cut that though? out if you... No, it's not always high school, but a lot of it is, yeah. No, I, from my experience, that's just, like, that's what high school boys do. Yeah, I think it's more just, I don't know if it's really a pissing contest, but just, like, being cool or not looking stupid, you know? Well, I'd say pissing contest because whoever had the water gun, very phallic and spraying the other boys, very symbolic of a pissing contest. Wow. (laughs) See, he's very symbol. I didn't know he had Freud on her. I know, right? (laughs) I'll be famous one day. <laughs> so yes, the night goes very poorly for our two leads because Sandy's disappointed that Danny's not the boy that he was in the summer. And Danny's disappointed because he can't own up to being the boy that he was that summer. Yeah, makes you think which one was the real Danny. Like, they're, they're all the real Danny. Yeah. He's just you're, a, just, he's, he's you're a, different when you're with your friends. Yeah. Than when, when you're with your girlfriend. Yeah. You know? One of my themes was public versus personal views of oneself. Mm-hmm. He's getting all college on us. I'm scared. Like, this is stuff that we used to bring up in film school. I thought we were done with that. I can stop. No, no. you can continue. No, it's no. good. No. We go from the pep rally bonfire thing to... Sleepover. Sleepover. Yes. Frenchie, like, really wants to make Sandy feel better and says, hey, you know, you can come out and have a night with the girls. We're having a sleepover at my house. I love Frenchie. She's so sweet. She's my fave. And so naive that I just, you want to protect her. You just want to take her in your arms and be like, it's okay, child. We will we will save you from this evil, cruel world. So what do you think of the slumber party? Well, it, it changed my view of the movie. A little bit because I originally thought it was going to be a male conquest kind of focus. Like it was the guy's side, and they have to be all pressured to be who they th- they should be. But then that side was kind of like it's it brought it more to because she was peer pressured. Mm-hmm. They were like, you need to be this, and I thought it was interesting that she was Australian, and they kind of thought it, it kind of seemed like she had to fit in to be an American. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of cool that it kind of evened out the playing field to kind of give you both sides. Uh, it was a good, good scene. Singing was a little weird, but <laughs> singing is totally what a slumber party is. Yeah, like for girls. I thought it was all pillow fights. Well, that's because you're a boy. And there were a couple hope. pillow fights. I was in actually there. joking. I know they wanted to smoke and drink, and they wanted to be one of the one of the girls. In yeah, quotes. well, like, pretty much they wanted to loosen up and. Yeah. She she can say no to all those things. It's just like they wanted to have a backbone. Yeah, they want her to actually be somebody. Yeah, to to be to be herself and stand up for herself. But almost. she can be herself without doing all those things. That's what I just yeah. said. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm saying that she can, but like they, sh- the fact that she's they're pushing her into it is kind of a. Well, I think Rizzo has this weird outlook on life that you have to be super tough. Yeah, 
we don't know a lot about Rizzo's backstory. We don't know where, like, all that, that comes from, but she really thinks that... Weakness is bad. Yeah, and she has this huge aversion to it. So that's where the picking on Sandy comes from. Well, I also yeah. think there's some jealousy things because she used to be with Danny. Yes, there's definitely that, but... Yeah, maybe it comes back to the conquest of, like... Well, I mean, we don't know anything about her past, but maybe Danny kind of made her change... And she became this way, and then she's like, she has to be tough because she got dumped or something like that. And mm-hmm. then she's mad at Sandy because Sandy was what she was before, and it's the innocent kind of thing, and that's what Danny wants, and that's why Danny's going for her now. So that might build into the jealousy of that. So she's like... I don't think Rizzo was ever like Sandy. Not completely, but maybe like she was innocent at one point in her life. She didn't come out of the womb like doing all these things well yeah but i mean like from the standpoint of personality i don't think that i think rizzo has this intense aversion to weakness because maybe her father wanted a boy and they couldn't have a boy so they had a girl so he forced her into this like toughness thing maybe she was abused maybe there's like something that ties into that I don't think it's just about Danny. Well, if you don't look at it too literally and you look at more general, um, Sandy could be just the, the sheer innocence of, of a young girl before coming into this world of high school, and mm-hmm. she feels like she has to get her prepared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be a number of things where she's mean for, she doesn't know why she's mean, mm-hmm. but she just, that's how she's expressing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which it's not, it's something that I think, everybody kind of goes through as a teenager mm-hmm. yeah peer pressure and peer pressure and teenage angst and just dealing with dealing your with anger because yeah. i think there's a lot of anger that comes out in high school because you're expected to be all of these things at once and you're also getting homework that is ridiculous to the point where you don't even get any sleep at night and so you have a reason to be angry yeah and make you wake up early <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I don't remember any of my first period classes. Like, that's how bad it was. Yeah, you can just do what I did and don't do homework and ace all your tests and then just be fine. He really is emo, Danny Zuko. Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to reevaluate something. <laughs> yep. All right, so they do Look at Me, I'm Sandra D. Which what? is a very awesome song. Yeah, and props to, to Sandy being like, you making fun of me? Like, yeah. I know she gets sad about it, but she confronted it, which yeah. I feel like I'd be like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that proves that she doesn't have to be like everybody else to be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the first uh, sign of her toughness there. I think it also, that song's very good to counteract the, uh, the later on song about mm-hmm. Sandy, but we'll get to that. It's pretty much like Rizzo skips out because the boys show up and she goes off with Kaniki and Sandy sings the hopelessly devoted to you. To Zand- uh, Xander. <laughs> to Danny in the water. Yeah. Yeah, the, the pool, like, the pool was blatantly a symbol for something. I just don't know why, like... I, when I was younger, I used to think that was the dumbest thing. First yeah, I it, hated it, that song <laughs> and then I was just like... That is the dumbest thing. What is she even doing? I didn't like the fact that she like put the paper yeah, in the water. Like, I hated what, that. What I, what what was this supposed to be? I, I think it's it might be something grasping back to the time on the beach, like back bringing him back to well, where he was when he was on the beach with her. But I think there's more to it that was supposed to go, but never got translated very well. 
Like, maybe it has something to do with what that song where she got her suit wet. Like, maybe it's innuendo some more or something. But I, th- I think mostly it connects back to... I guess, I mean, there's a lot of problems with this. Who has a kiddie pool that they just leave full of water in their backyard? A director making a point. <laughs> and, no, I, I get that. But I'm just saying, yeah. like, from, like, the context of the song, like, it just doesn't, it does not... She might have a kid, like a kid sister or something. You never know. Well, we'll might find be out. Filled in Greece with rainwater. That could that could make sense. It could be in the middle of a drought back then. Was there a drought back then? No. No. Uh, okay, so yeah, we go to make out point. Yeah, with Rizzo and Kaniki, because Kaniki has bought in this like seventy-five dollar falling apart car mm-hmm. that they're had... gonna soup it up. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get to that in a little bit. So he has the car, and then... They go to make up point, and make point he and gives her real hickeys. Yes, and he had, from Kaniki. He had a condom? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, you can... That's, you can. That's a point, too. He has a condom that he had since the seventh grade that he probably kept in his wallet, which is bad, folks. Don't <laughs> do that. Mm-hmm. They do it anyways, because she says, what the hell? Because she gives in to her... Desires. Desires. I was trying to find the right words. Which is uh, more symbolism. I think that the car is really kind of a... The car and the condom are like his virility. His what? Virility. Like his sex drive. Oh. Like his masculinity. Like you have to have a car to get all the chicks. Again, I think this is just an... At least this is normal in high school. Like... Yeah. I I mean, I'm not saying it's not normal. I'm just saying in the movie. That's what I got from it. I mean, that's how it was in the 50s. Cars and chicks. Yeah, it's still that way now. You get a nice car, you're going to get chicks. Uh, but yeah, then we go to the second most famous song from this this musical. Grease Lightning! Go Grease Lightning! Do you want to do some dance moves? Not really. I'm good. We'll just tell them that I'm doing dance moves since they can't see me. Oh, wow, Sam, you're dancing! <laughs> <laughs> Bust those moves, there Sam! There you go. Uh, yeah, so Grease Lightning is about their fantasy of creating the car that's going to win. In the play, it's a Kanicki song, but John Travolta was like, I should sing this song. <laughs> what, like, did he do that? Did yeah. Did he do it with a wink? <laughs> <laughs> to the producers. Yeah. <laughs> You know who's hot right now? John Travolta. <laughs> <laughs> Who should sing this song? <laughs> you know. You know, guys. You know. So he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, our current Kaniki, I don't think it would have been the same if they would have let What's-His-Face sing. Kevin Conway. Yeah. As opposed to John Travolta. I don't know. I don't know, man. Danny's the star. Yeah. Kaniki's just like supporting yeah, yeah I, I don't know what i don't think it would have helped the story if it was anyone else well i feel like in the in the play kaniki has more of a role so i feel like for the movie because they cut a lot of his stuff out mm-hmm. to give it mostly to to give this song to danny i guess does make a little bit more story sense yeah like they shot like another fight scene between Kaniki and Rizzo, which they also cut out, you know. Yeah. Well, their, like, relationship is supposed to be, throughout the play, it's supposed to be the parallel between Danny and Sandy. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. So kind of an honest relationship versus a given in to your emotions relationship or sense and sensibility. Yeah, yeah. kind of a um cuz Kaniki and Rizzo are more about physical a physical relationship rather than an emotional relationship because yeah. they both are playing their their specific roles. Yeah, when the emotions get in, they're like, Ugh. yeah. Like, <laughs> in the play is uh Sandy religious or because they don't really say anything about it. I just didn't mm-hmm. know if she was just choosing to be a virgin slash. No, I edge. think she was just the typical fifties good girl. Yeah, it's the during the time of Donna Reed. Well, I mean, yeah, it, the play is also from seventy two. It, it's in yeah. the seventies. They're all just like they're going back. It, it is stereotypes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just wondering. Yeah, no, it's it's not. It doesn't have anything to do with that. It's more. I think it has a lot to do with her being a little scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the, the whole innocence quality is... Innocence can lead you into being scared of things. If you're too innocent. So Sandy you to, being scared? Yeah. Do you not get the, that no. from this at all? I, I mean, my best friend in high school was a, was basically a straight-edge girl who was strong. So I, meant, I guess I, I relate that to her instead of... Because she was Christian, she didn't do anything, she didn't drink, because she, she believed that's what was supposed to yeah, happen. And, and in order for her to continue that, she had to be extremely strong because she was picked on all the time. So I think I relate her, Sandy, to more strong than the others. I think the others are weak because they give in. They just put on a show. I, I don't know. I think you can take many different things Yeah. from this. From what I get is that the world is a different place than it's made out to be in the 1950s. Because the 1950s were all... It was a weird time in America, and especially for being... Because teenagers weren't really a thing. They didn't really... You were kind of expected to be an adult. They were a new thing in the 50s. I thought teenagers was 60s. No. 50s is the birth of a teenager. Okay. But yeah, they're still... it's It's like the beginning of something where you're kind of... You're still a child, and you you have this world like innocence kind of quality view on the world, but there's so much ahead of you, and so you're kind of scared. And I kind of I guess I relate to that a little bit because again, Catholic high school, yeah. so where you are very pressured to be that that certain type of you have to fall in line with this I'm- specific set of rules. So. Yes, I can see your point where that makes you strong because she's doing what well, for, she be- that that your friend did what she was supposed to believe or she believed yeah. in strongly, and that made her strong. But with Sandy, I don't see that. I don't think that she truly believes in this strongly enough. I don't think that she has that same conviction. My my point, like my if we're just relating to the movie, two scenes make out point where uh, Rizzo's just like, oh, what the hell, and then has sex in the car. Whereas later on in the movie, Sandy and Danny are in the, the uh, theater, the movie, the drive-in, and he does the makes the move, and she gets really upset, says no, and calls the car a sin wagon and walks off. I think that is more powerful than what the hell because we're in the middle of it anyways. Well, I think... It could have just been doing it in a car 
in the middle of a parking lot. Could have just been like uncouth. It'd be like. I don't even think Danny was really wanting to have sex. I think he was just wanting to make out and yeah. get a little bit of a feel and like do that because I don't think he really wanted to go all the way. I think he was more scared to go all the way than she will. But that's where I get the like she didn't even want to do that. She wanted to be that strong, nice girl as opposed to Rizzo. Just like, well, we already got this far. Your condom's not working because it broke because you're stupid and kept it for that long. We'll do it anyways. And then that leads to, the weakness leads to the scare of the pregnancy later on. Mm -hmm. So that's, you're risking it because you're just giving in and that leads to a possible ruining your life. Well, not ruining your life, but changing your future drastically, I guess I should say, versus um, being strong and sticking on your course which takes more strength than giving in. So I think Sandy's actually the stronger character, which is why I, at the very end I'm kind of sad that she changes. Yeah, I see I see your point. I just, I think there's again something along the lines of there's more onus on the woman saying no than the man trying to control himself. Yeah, and I get that. And that's, I think that that, that's that plays the, into it is that girls are always taught that it is their responsibility to make sure that they stay this certain way. And they have this intense... And it comes it comes from the way that I was brought up at my high school. I, that's the way that it is. And there's the boys could do whatever... Boys were being boys. And that's why I think... I see your point, but I also think that... At the same time, what Sandy goes through and what she experiences is very true to a girl who doesn't quite know about the world. She doesn't quite know who she is, and she does. She is a little scared of that. I also have a point. Do you not think that Rizzo also changed in the end? I think because of what all of it they cut out, because they cut out a lot of her, mm-hmm. too. There's a lot of her. not drastically at all. Like, well, it is more it, because of what you the progression. Because I've read, I've read the play. I've never seen it. I've read it, but they cut out so much of her progression of coming to terms with dealing with this pregnancy, pregnancy where she realizes yeah. that okay, I'm I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna deal with this, and she wants to survive on her own. Yeah, and it becomes a more empowering thing for her, yeah. and so she realizes I am strong. I don't need the support that everybody is telling me that I need, I don't, I'm going to deal, I, like, I feel like that, that she does have a certain type of strength. I think that they both have certain yeah, types I, of strength. Yeah, I mean, if you say that, I think that they're, they're both strong. They're both strong in different ways. But, I mean, I don't know, because at the end of the movie, Rizzo, like, she does, it's very subtle, like, when the, when the movie, like, when she, at the very end, she's like, all right, well, since I've went through this and it was just a scare... As long as you promise to stay with me, you'll stay with me. But he doesn't, I mean, they didn't play up enough. Like, you don't know enough from just the movie. Because yeah. the guy, he, she, whatever his name is. Kinnicky. Kinnicky, yeah. He uh, he implies that he's changed and he's willing to do everything for her because that's what typically men do in those situations. Or not typically, but what men are expected to do in the situation. You get someone pregnant, you be the dad, you take care of it, and then you're stuck with them. And she doesn't want to do that, so she comes to terms like you're only with me because i'm pregnant and then she's not pregnant and then it it kind of uh it's like i'm free but then we're gonna go back together so it's like i don't 
think that that storyline is as strong as it should have been. It should be stronger in the movie because it would counterpoint the the innocence but being strong. Like, there's two different strengths. Yeah, and where to find the line of it. And it's it's the deal, like, dealing with extremism. Like, you can be extremely prim and proper and straight edge, or you can be a... You can be the slut. That's, like, I guess the the short-term answer. Or the you, bad girl. The bad girl. You could be the, the complete opposite of that. And there's, like, that extremism. She's taking it to that extremism because... Rizzo is taking it to that extreme because she doesn't believe... Or she feels too much pressure. Like, there's too much pressure. So when you have too much pressure, sometimes you just give up and you just go to the other end of the, the spectrum. I think we all started out as Sandys in high school and ended as Rizzo's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think there's, like, this this kind of amount... Like, they kind of... They learn from one another. Like, Rizzo mm-hmm. learns to deal with more of the emotional side of things, and Sandy learns to deal with the physical side of things. She doesn't have to be scared of it. It's not scary. Mm-hmm. We can say that it's... You, you have to find your strength at some point. Sandy just found her strength early on, and stuck with it whereas Rizzo had to go through some things and react to those things and become strong because of those things so she took the harder path because she chose not to be strong earlier in a way or not I guess not strong I mean I don't I don't know it's like like where does a woman fall into the whole sexual awakening kind of thing like where does one go about looking figuring that out Like, like if women are constantly being pressured to be one way Mm-hmm. It's going to create situations, and it's proven that it creates situations like Rizzo and like Sandy. Yeah. To the point where bad things happen because there's so much pressure on one party of it, and there's no pressure on the man, and this is where the whole rape culture yeah. thing comes in. Yeah, and there's the whole no means no at the beginning, and then later on, like, she gets, she's the one that says no and leaves because she doesn't want, but I mean, look at the rest of the movie. As a whole, there's a lot of themes that are like the dance. All the girls are lined up on the side waiting for the guy to come get them, to pick them out because they're just there. Mm-hmm. And the guys are just there. They're only good for one thing or the girls are only good for one thing. Those comments that they're made throughout, which is pretty much that area. So what I was just thinking is my question to you, who is stronger the one who breaks out of the, the mold of sitting on the side waiting for the guy to find you or the girl who gives in but then has to be, uh, realizes it's not supposed to be that way and then fights back. I think pitting, pitting the, that type of strength against one another, it's a completely different type of strength. It's one thing to be emotionally strong and it's another thing to be physically strong. Like, Sandy is in a way physically strong because she is rejecting the physical side of what, what, who she is. Okay. She's, she, and Rizzo is rejecting the emotional, yeah, I know. That's what, I think that's what we've been trying to say all along. So I think that trying to, to make who is better over one another is just kind of convoluted and just kind of ends up in this weird gray area because... It is gray. It's that is life. Like yeah. everyone has these types of things. Mm-hmm. It is life, but it's a movie. They're and both strong, and in the end, they're best friends. There yeah. you go. <laughs> okay, where were we? I do want to say one thing about Grease Lightning. Yeah. Props to the background people because they were hilarious. <laughs> the looks on their face were awesome. Okay. 
Sandy is on the date mm-hmm. with oh, Tom, Tom. Blank Slate Tom. <laughs> and um, they're, like, eating ice cream and then the T-Birds come in. Like, Danny and uh, Kaneki go from school, from working on Grease Lightning to this. Yeah, that's right. Was Rizzo in that scene? Yeah. Yeah. She comes out of the bathroom. She notices the the sexual tension in the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I only, comments. I only asked because uh, I actually noticed that there was a very prominent sign of peaches in the back. And then later on, th- when she becomes pregnant, they do the, the peachy mm. reference. Peachy so and jelly bean. Yeah, so I was seeing if that was a connection of some sort. I just noticed it. I don't know. Peachy keen? No, no, no. The connection because there was If it peaches. is a connection. Well, I think, I I really do think that a lot of, there's a lot that we didn't, that was cut out. I feel like there's a lot of references that yeah. were completely cut out because, and one of the things that Justine brought up when we first started watching the movie is how crude the play is. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, the cast tried to do as much as they could. Yeah. There are little secret in. things. Like in Grease Lightning, where he yeah. takes the, um... The, the plastic wrap. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is what they reference in the play is that they use plastic wrap instead of condoms. So John Travolta picks up a plastic wrap and rubs <laughs> it against himself as he's dancing because they didn't want him to do that, but he did it. <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah, there's and like... And his whole hand gesture in Summer Nights. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they're in the, the, the restaurant and... Sandy's at the jukebox, and Danny comes around. I love how he just, like, casually, like, I'm sitting here, now well, he I'm does sitting his, over here. Yeah, he does his, like, weird strut oh, thing. Oh, hi, Sandy. How, <laughs> fancy meeting you here. <laughs> That's how I pick up all my chicks. Oh. You ran away. Shh. <laughs> so they're, she's picking out a song, and they have their little moment, their mm-hmm. heart-to-heart moment. And basically, it's... The gauntlet gets thrown down. Yeah, it's a challenge that Sandy says, okay, well, you know, you... Uh, you what have you... What do you do? Yeah, what do you do? What What good have you done for, like, humanity as a whole, essentially? That's what I felt. It was a very serious moment because she's basically contradicting everything that he is portraying so far. Mm-hmm. And saying, hey, I don't like who this person is. You're kind of a dick. So what what could you do to change that? So he decides to become a jock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, for me, jocks are dicks most of the time. But they're manly. And she attacked his manliness and said, be this other kind of manly that's better. I guess, yeah. I can see that. So, yeah, so we go to his whole sports montage. It's a good one. He plays basketball. Wrestling. Wrestling. Baseball. And he ends up picking track. Yeah. Which seems very appropriate, actually. Because, I mean, if you're doing a lot of physical activity as a gang person, mm-hmm. you better be damn good at running. Oh. Yep. Also, symbolism, because he was always running away from his problems before. Oh. <laughs> Drop this knowledge on us, Sam. Yeah. He was always running away from everybody when he went to the, like, when he still runs away whenever he takes her on the date. Uh, when they go to her house at the slumber party, he he runs away from that situation. So then, obviously, track would be the perfect thing for him because he's always running. He is David Tennant. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's running uh, in track. 
And he runs past Tom and Sandy. Mm-hmm. And he starts doing the hurdles. And totally face plants on the last one. Which, Sandy's concerned. <gasps> oh, Danny! Because she loves him. <laughs> you know, Tom really didn't, like, for someone who is supposed to be there to be the tension person, the only tension you get is the glare. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's... He could probably kick his ass, but he just stands there and stares at a distance. Well, because like, he's dumb as sack of bricks. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's the stereotypical football player. Because he was the one who, when he first we first see the football team, he's the one who gets his foot stuck in the helmet. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, he's not exactly all there. Then what happens? So then we go. Oh yeah, they go to the ice cream shop as a date and he tries to hide from everyone and then fails miserably yeah. at that and then Rizzo throws the milkshake yeah that's what happens he also said he wasn't very hungry and then ordered a crap ton of food because he's, he really was hungry he's a boy that's not a lot of food for him <laughs> yeah for a teenager i wasn't referring to hunger hunger oh, oh. <laughs> move on <laughs> uh rizzo and kaniki are fighting and she throws a milkshake, and then Frenchie's there. And then Frenchie is revealed that she's dropped out of beauty school because she sucks at it. Because her hair's pink. Mm-hmm. She, she gave herself bubblegum pink hair. Which I think was... First, she looked good. Yep. She looked good with bubblegum pink hair. Yeah, but it didn't fit into the the whole standards that they had. The, the I, know, she, I know. Yeah, she looked like a freak. <laughs> she did. Yeah. And then she's got a... a she has like a heart to heart with the the waitress oh yeah and was just like i just i wish i had a guardian angel who could come down and tell me what to do and heartthrob frankie avalon shows up and that's how it happens frankie avalon (laughs) you really want to talk about frankie avalon who doesn't love frankie avalon i have no clue who that is like of Obviously. Frankie and Annette. <sighs> I have deaf parents. Actually, Music didn't exist to me. Actually, do you know who me. Frankie Avalon is? I know him because of this, and that's See. like the only really like thing. But he was like a big pop star in the 70s. 50s. So we go to beauty school dropout, and then... Maybe it just goes to like Rizzo and Marty talking about how they don't have dates for the dance, and then they get picked up by Crater Yeah, Pace. it's like the set. it's the setup of... They're bringing the American Bandstand in and setting mm-hmm. up the gym and all that fun stuff. So that's what that's really what is next. And then... And then it is the dance. Then it is the dance. So we go from many different types of 50s dance songs and lots of fun. The mm-hmm. hand jive. I love the hand jive. The hand jive is fun. Can you do the hand jive, Sam? No. Yeah, I know. I wasn't going to do that because it's so loud. Anyways. <laughs> I really, you know what? We could bring the hand jive back at our wedding. Yes! <laughs> Justine's down. I'm there. Okay. You have to wear a poofy 50 dress. I'll bring it just for that. Okay. <laughs> Crater face is with Marty and Rizzo. Kaniki's with Cha-Cha. Who we haven't really met before. We have before this, yes. Oh, she was at um, Makeout Point. Mm-hmm. Never mind. I forgot yeah. about her. She was creepy laughter. Yeah, Check. she's with Crater Face and Danny Sandy and then all the other T-Birds and Pink Ladies. Sonny's getting drunk mm-hmm. off of his little whiskey bottle. Vince yeah. Fontaine is hitting on Marty. 
Which is weird and creepy. Yeah, the cherry thing. No. Oh, yeah, where she says her name's Marty Maraschino, like the cherry. Mm-hmm. He was a creep. <laughs> She's also a figure for the nas- a national figure, which gives a generality to the, the male figure that you have to be like this creepy sex, creepy dude. sex guy to be famous. And everybody wants to be famous because they're all wanting to be on TV. Yeah, I don't what know. TV He's just like a, a TV guy. Yeah. He was like all up in those girls the entire time. Well, yeah, time. he used it I to find his that advantage, to be believable. But that is yeah. totally yeah. believable. Like that that is not very far from removed of what would have been going on at Quote, that time. Does your mom know I come into your room every night? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's his the pickup TV. line. <laughs> that's his pickup line. He uses it at every high school. Oh, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. That's creepy. So yeah, we have go into the dance context, which is the the hand jive. And it, you know, it gets very aggressive. Yeah, because Danny and Sandy are going to win because they're the best. But, you know, Cha-Cha's having none of that. She's the best dancer at St. Bernadette's. Yeah. That's what they say. Uh, With the worst reputation. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I got the the dancing was actually an innuendo, more or less, like, for the overall theme. Because you are very intimate with your partner. So it was, a lot of partner swapping. Yeah. yeah. So it was more, which leads to what happens in the when they switch dancers. The end when Cha Cha steals yeah. Danny. Mm-hmm. So. Which I always wondered why is Sunny a part of this, like as a whole, or no? Sunny goes and takes Sandy off of Danny, which then so now Cha Cha. Well, he's drunk. But why does he do this random well, thing? Well, he's drunk and upset because Marty has left him mm-hmm. to go and be with. Vince. Vince. But do you think, like, Cha-Cha had a plan and said, go take care of Sandy? Probably. I'm sure she was, because he's drunk, I'm probably sure, like, you deserve Sandy more than he does. Yeah. Go go take her. Mm-hmm. I can see that being a thing. Because if he didn't do that, none of that would have happened. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. if he hadn't pulled her along or out. So, yeah, then... Then they win. They win. And we go to the... They have the little moonlight dance. Oh, and then the guys moon the camera. Yeah. And the FBI has experts to identify your rear end. Yeah. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> they know your butt prints. They're watching you. So, yeah, we go from the rear end mooning to um, Principal What's-Her-Face saying anything about the FBI. And then they go from that to the drive-in with Danny and Sandy having their a date and Sandy is obviously peeved mm-hmm. at something. I wouldn't say pissed because she's still there. Yeah. So she's peeved. Yeah. And the other folks are at the drive-in seeing another movie. And Rizzo tells Marty that she's pregnant. PG. Yep. She's PG. Might she, be. She feels like a defective typewriter. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Interesting. I didn't That's catch she, that. She said that because she skipped a period. Oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> can I okay when when I get pregnant I'm getting a t-shirt that says I'm a defective typewriter it's gonna happen it's gonna be hilarious so yeah um so then yeah word spreads to everybody and then to Kaniki and then Kaniki confronts Rizzo but then Rizzo says hey it's not your problem some other guy and so he's like thanks kid <laughs> do you think she's telling the truth no no she's just wanting to that's where the point where I was saying earlier where the 
she doesn't want him to stay just because she's pregnant. Like, she wants him to stay because he wants to stay. I think that was more of a reference to that. Yeah. Then, I think that's a valid thing to, to want. Yeah, because it was standard back then. Oh, I made a mistake and got you pregnant, so I'm going to stay with you. Yeah, they'd have to get married. Yeah. Yeah. She'll just go off to the nunnery and have a child. Yeah. Yeah. So then Danny first tries to give Sandy his ring and then tries to feel her up. Doesn't really try, actually, like, gives the ring. And the ring, I, I feel like that's, like, a leash. Like, that, here's my ring, you're mine, mm-hmm. so I have every right to basically almost rape you. I wouldn't say the last part so much, but, you know, that's what but it he was gets in that the en- 50s. He gets yeah. that entitlement, yeah, so he thinks You get that the that jacket, means... you get the pin, you know, it's so everybody yeah. knows that you're a couple. Yeah, that you're It's their Facebook status. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't go as far as saying that... Well, the what? reason why I say that is because she says respect, like, I'm glad you respect me, mm-hmm. and then he views it more as you're mine. Like, she's like... Oh, you're respecting me because you're not going to go with anybody else. We're going to be steady. And he's thinking, I've made this step for you. Now we can go further because you're mine kind of thing. That's what I think he just wants to go further. I think he just wants to go further and is trying to do anything he can to appease her at that moment. Because she was peeved. She was not happy to be there. So he's doing something nice to kind of buy her affection back. So that he then can progress the relationship in the way that he wants to. So I wouldn't say it was as malicious. Well, I didn't as... mean it maliciously. I just oh, meant okay. like that's the general like, if I give you my like, I you have an engagement ring, that that's kind of like some people will be like, okay, you're mine. I can do what with you what I please. <laughs> that's what people like. Some relationships are like that. Like you are committed to me. I can do whatever I want. You won't leave me. Uh... Back in the fifties. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't uh, do that. We had some conversations after this podcast. <laughs> Run! <laughs> there you go. Justine's gonna text me when she gets home, and it's just gonna be exclamation points. Leave. No, I'm like Olaf, and you're Anna. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Sam. <laughs> Run. <laughs> He doesn't get the reference, and it's so funny. Oh, no. It's terrible. Can we move on? We'll move on after she's done crying. Stranded at the drive-in. All alone. I don't remember the words. This is the one song I don't remember the words to. What will they say Monday Monday at school? That's all I know. I I don't know. That's the one song that I just can't get behind. Yeah. So whiny and so... It is really whiny. It slows the movie down. Like, we've had this really nice pace from the the dance, and then all of a sudden... Yeah, I agree. I think some of the the later songs were just put in there to meet the quota for songs for a musical. I mean, musicals act two are always... Yeah. They're never as good as the songs in act one. Because they're always like the... Uh. Yeah, it's always the beginning and the like the, the immediate end for musicals that always have the... Well, the beginning, the end of Act 1. Yeah. After the drive-in, we yeah. go back to Sandy. They're, they're going to do the race. Sandy yeah. is going to go because she needs to talk to Danny. And Rizzo, they, they meet and they have a little heart-to-heart. And Sandy's like, you know, if you ever need to talk... We can talk, yeah. kind of thing, and that's where I think that they, their friendship kind of builds. 
off yeah. of that moment because that's that's something Rizzo needed. She needed to be like kind of have that reality check because she's going through this horrible tumultuous situation. Well, yeah, because everybody's talking about her behind her back. Yeah, like, making fun of her. Yeah, they're they're slut shaming her. Mm-hmm. So then she sings her song, which is the best song of Act Two. Yeah. Well, she's like she goes through and talks about how basically she could be worse. Like mm-hmm. they're they're making fun of her to the degree that she feels like she is a criminal of some kind, and it could be worse. Yeah, which I think is very poignant for this the time period that this movie came out. Okay, and then we're at the race. Yes, we go to the race, and Sandy shows up, and Kaniki gets knocked unconscious. <laughs> Rizzo is saying that she's not gonna go because she doesn't think. It would be good to be there for Kaniki. Right. Even though Kaniki definitely wants her there. Yeah. Which I think that's what they were trying to point when she was singing, he's parked next to her car. I think he was waiting for her. I've always thought that in the movie, that he's waiting for her so that he can kind of convince her back. Because he needs her. Yeah. So then Danny takes over for the driving. Yeah. And they race and they have the Grease Lightning replays. And then that no one sings in. They win. They Yay. do. They do say that. I do like the point that he said there is in this race. There's no rules, or there's rules. Up. There ain't no, no rules. rules. Yeah. <laughs> so it's kind of like that. There are no rules in love and war, kind of thing. Ooh. He's making. He's he's making these connections, Justine. Yeah. That's what I'm good at. Then look at me. I'm Sandra D. We're praise. Um, where Sandy kind of is just like I'm not happy. I'm not happy being... She's an outcast. Yeah. I don't know. She doesn't fit in. She doesn't... She's foreign. It's not just that she's foreign. No, she's... No. I don't know. It goes back to the whole thing that I was saying earlier, that she's she's got this thing in her head that she's supposed to be, but she doesn't really want to be that, all like, always. Yeah. She sees how much fun they're having. She wants to be have fun. Yeah, she wants to be part of that. Yeah. She wants to fit in. She's given in to peer pressure. And the song specifically says goodbye, Sandra D. Well, because the Sandra D is the thing that they were using to make fun of her. It's like yeah. goody goody. She said goodbye, goody goody. Yeah. I'm gonna. She's gonna change. Yeah. Which. Or she's saying that this is not who I I am. This right. is not who I want to be portrayed as. So I'm gonna prove it. I'm gonna prove that I'm not this person. Like, all the time. Like, I think, again, we're going along those fine lines of where Rizzo is kind of realizing where 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 she went wrong and where where she could... They're both giving in to being not the extremes. Yes. Rizzo's they're both, not mm-hmm. going to be completely promiscuous with everybody. He's going to kind of buckle down and find the right guy. And then Zandy's going to be a little bit more flexible and fit in more so she can have more friends and have more fun well i think it's she's preventing herself from having fun like i think we've at least i kind of went through that in high school where i didn't really i felt like the outcast sometimes where it was just kind of like i didn't want to do what the cool kids were doing because it wasn't that cool and it wasn't that exciting Mm -hmm. yeah i did that but i think she genuinely feels like a part of her can be that I don't think that this is a, I, I've, I've never liked the argument that this is about a movie about changing for the other person. I've never liked that argument. But it, but she's changing. like. But she's not changing for the other person. She's acknowledged that she wants to be something 
that she the, or she's I acknowledging the, the changes that she wants to create for herself. I guess the thing that I don't I didn't like as much about it is so Danny comes in and has the coat mm-hmm. at the end and he's like I'm so much better now cuz I'm I'm going to change for this girl and I'm a jock this is I did this for her and then she comes in all like greased out and stuff and then they're like oh my god you changed for me and then Danny's like okay off with this thing I don't need it anymore <laughs> and she's still greased out so he won in the end because she changed for him he didn't really have to change for her i think that's the part that bothers me the most he didn't keep on the the letter he should have stayed like he should have dra- more drastically changed and not just go back to himself like cuz he didn't learn anything from anything he was the main character he didn't really like in the end it implied that he just went back to the way he was it, but before he was trying to hide yeah. this whole like he was side of himself yeah yeah i mean i i don't know i guess you could argue that he was that all along but like why should she have to change so drastically and he changed but then didn't you know i feel like no he had he changed emotionally yeah but she just she just put on a pair of pants really yeah she just put on a costume she had a makeover makeover. yeah yeah yeah. she had a makeover but it didn't change her i don't think her personality changed but the it represents her changing for him like that's that's her giving in and i think that's I don't know. I just feel like after the entire movie of her fighting to be strong and be this, like, staying herself the entire time and at the very end... But I don't think that's who she really was. Like, I think that's what she, in that repraise, is saying. That this is not who I am, and so I'm going to show you who I am, in a way. She took it to an extreme, because movies are all about extremes, but... But the next day, what is she going to wear? She's not going to wear that. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but it just... I don't know. I just feel like because she what came from Australia, I think there, the the significance of her being from another country and then her culture is different. She comes into this and then basically America is going to beat you into what they think you should be. And she was being strong throughout that whole thing. Well, I think, okay, let's, like, let's no... take it back to the fact that she's from Australia. That's only written because of Olivia because of Olivia and John. And John. It's because they wanted her because she was very famous singer mm-hmm. at the time. So you they want remember I haven't seen anything else besides this no, one. No, 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 no. I know. We're, we're giving you the context and why we believe the way that we believe that the way that it's written in the show or the, the play is di- it's different. She, the Australia thing has nothing to do. It's just, she's going back to her, her life. They met, she had vacation in where, like, I guess, California, I guess we'll just establish that. And she's going back now. Well, then it changes and her family decides to to move there or they get a, her dad gets a job there, I think is what it is. And that's why. Where is she from? Then in the oh, is it It's ever, never really it's never location like established hardcore, I don't think. She's probably from the Midwest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's probably it's just, what it it's is. still there's cuz there's views of like I've actually discussed previously with some of my co-workers about the views that the west coast has on the midwest or that the west coast has uh, the midwest has on the west coast and coming out here you're you have to change to be to fit in like we're probably still strange to people going out if we go out and party more or whatever we don't do all the things that they do out here so we stick to our guns and we do just do what we find fun and don't like 
change for everybody else because they were expected to. But in high school, you're like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. I just feel like... I, it's Peer not... pressure seems more of a bigger deal in high school. Yeah. Because I... you don't know. You don't know. You don't know who you are in high school. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think I knew who I was in high school. I didn't really understand the world. I was kind of afraid of the world. Yeah. So I didn't... No, literally, I was like a Sandra D. goody goody <laughs> in high school. Yeah. I think everybody deals with peer pressure differently. I think that's what we're all trying to, like, say. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I... some take it to an extreme because that's what they feel comfortable with and that's what they know. And other people kind of skirt the line. And then there's just people who aren't really comfortable with it at all and they just want to find who they... I think generally the point is, is that everybody wants to find who they who they are in high school and people deal with it completely differently yeah but i don't really think she found out who she was i feel like she i think just, she took a step i think she just it's high school it's right before you do figure out who you are yeah but she's she didn't like find something that she really wanted to do she just kind of i mean he was what she wanted more than what they were doing i don't know to me it's just like okay i'm gonna try doing this i'm like one of was like being goth or you know just yeah. it's trying things on yeah yeah i don't know i just feel like and i and think i think taking it to that like people do take it to that extreme of well she's changed for him well we don't know oh, yeah well oh, oh, yeah i got a lot just, of that in high school yeah i just it, it i think the whole thing is the fact that the movie lead like at the beginning it builds up this whole like there's a lot of different themes that go through it but one of them is like peer pressure and standing up to peer pressure and not giving in and then it just kind of at the end i think that everything else worked out really well but that one just kind of fell flat because she ended up kind of giving in or i feel like she ended up giving in that's the only thing that i I don't know maybe that's why it's annoying to me okay does that bring us to the end of the the yeah i mean we're pretty we pretty much kind of touched on everything we're at the carnival and then that's the end you're the one that i want and then we go together yeah and then they fly off in the car. Yep, Hollywood ending. Yeah, that's different. That just clearly is like this is Hollywood. We gotta make things fun and make weird. Make fly. Yeah, they gotta fly. Yeah, I think we're good. You ready to rate it? I'm going to rate it a pair of red le- uh, leather sandy stilettos from the end. I think I'm gonna give like three and a half of those. I've always wanted those shoes. I'm gonna rate it. Four Sandra D wigs. Ooh, I like it. I'm gonna rate it three and a half cherry sodas. Ooh, Ooh good one. Because I want some cherry sodas. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, is there any projects of yours you'd like to boost or your Twitter or Give whatever? A shout out. To yeah, him. where can people find your work on the internets? Indiefish.com. I n d i e f y s h dot com. Uh, art posters and stuff. Yay. Oh, wait, 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 no. I have to wish you a happy belated birthday. Oh my god, happy birthday, Ashley. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, when this podcast comes out, it's like both Ashley and mine's birthday. (laughs) We discovered like two years ago that our birthdays are literally in the same week. (laughs) Which we find incredibly ironic. Also, like, how we used to live on the same street in Chicago. And didn't know (laughs) for the longest time. Creepy. We're connected. Yeah. (laughs) Like, cosmic levels of connection. Next week, we have another special guest. Next week, we're going to be watching a sequel. This is our first sequel. Yeah. 
and it's 1982's Grease 2. So with another special guest. So you can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher. And we are also on Facebook and Twitter as at Cutaways Podcast. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Sam. Yeah, because this was my choice. (laughs) 